Thank you so much for choosing to listen to the Refuge podcast today. At Refuge, we believe all people matter to God. Now here's an inspiring message from one of our leaders or pastors that will help you grow in your relationship with God. I am so glad that I get to share the message with you guys this morning. Um, I feel... Pastor Matt and Deb, I feel like that's like putting a lot of trust in me, Um, but you know, God is good. God is faithful. Um, But I just want to start out by honoring our awesome pastors, because you guys, we have some of the best pastors probably in the whole wide world, Um, and they are, yes, they deserve all the cheers, um, but they are not only my pastors and, and spiritual parents, but they're also my parents. So they are, I've just, I've loved being raised by them. They're some really amazing people. But um, before we get started, I am so excited about this new series, Love Stories. And we're going to be talking about some of the famous love stories in the Bible. And I am, I'm definitely like a hopeless romantic. I think a lot of people are. Um, and I'm sure, I'm sure there's some of you that are like, oh, another series about love. Like, it's February. We already have enough love to deal with. But, guys, maybe if you, even if you are single and you're still looking for somebody, um, and sometimes this month can be kind of, it can be kind of discouraging because it's like all around. Um, but I just want to encourage you guys, maybe this is the month that you say, Every day of this month, I'm going to pray for my future husband or future wife. And maybe you just set goals like that, and, and God is faithful, and he was faithful in my life, and I know he'll be faithful in your life too. But um, as, as we talk about love in this series of love, I recently got engaged to my best friend. Yes, I think there's a picture. I don't know. But um, he is... Really, really handsome, yes. Okay, so I just got engaged, and so I feel like now on the topic of love, like I have, I'm not an expert, guys, not at all. Like, this is my first boyfriend, my first relationship ever, but I mean, I guess I must have done something right because I'm engaged. So we are getting married September 1st, and weddings are really fun and expensive, and so just... Pray for us because, and there's a lot of decisions that need to be made. And if you know anything about me, I am the most indecisive person. Like, like wedding colors, I mean, I have gone back and forth probably like 10 times. I still don't have, I still don't know what I want. Um, so pray for me about that too. But <laughs> um, So this morning I get to share with you about Ruth and Boaz, and it's one of my favorite stories in the Bible. I feel like it's kind of one of those, like, underrated stories, like, you don't really hear a lot about it, and Ruth is, it's only four chapters, it's a book with four chapters, but within that, there's this amazing story about a love between Ruth and Boaz, but also a commitment between Ruth and her mother-in-law, Naomi, and so uh, we're going we're gonna to learn a little bit about that. And I think in every, you know, when we are reading the Bible and stories like this, stories about love, I think it's always, we can always parallel those stories to the story 
not only the love story between two people, but the love story between God and us. And there's so many stories in the Bible where you can look at it and see that, that God really loves us and, and look at those parallels. And so um, we're going to learn about that as well. But um, before we get started, let's go ahead and pray. God, we thank you so much. God, just that we're all here together and that we have the opportunity to gather together. And I thank you that as, as we learn and as we read about the story of Ruth and Boaz, that we will be reminded of your redemptive love for each and every one of us. God, that we won't forget that. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you guys want to turn with me to the book of Ruth, if you have your Bibles with you this morning. So there was a man named Elimelech. Everyone say Elimelech. It's a mouthful. I don't even know if I'm saying it right. But this man married a woman named Naomi. And they had two sons named Malone and Killian. These two sons married two Moabite women named Ruth and Orpha. And within a couple of years, Elimelech and his two sons, Malone and Killian, all passed away. The famine was really bad in that time. And so, and so within a couple of years, they all passed away, basically leaving these three women alone. They, they kind of had to, like, start over. They, they didn't know what they were going to do. They didn't have any children. It was, it was just the three of them. And so they were mourning their loss. And, and after a while, these women, the daughter-in-laws, uh, Ruth and Orpha, they stayed by Naomi's side for a really long time, and they were faithful to her. And after a while, Naomi was like, why are they still, like, why are they still faithful to me? Like, they just lost their husbands. They should go back and be with their families and, and start over and find another husband. These girls were still young. And so eventually she told them, she's like, you guys need to go back to your families. Like, I'll be okay. Uh, I'll figure out, I'll figure out how to do this. But you guys need to go back to your families. And, um... In Ruth 1, verse 14, it says, And they wept together, and Orpha kissed her mother-in-law goodbye. But Ruth clung tightly to Naomi. Look, Naomi said to her, Your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and her gods, and you should do the same. And then I think one of like the most famous verses in the whole book of Ruth, Ruth 1, 16 through 17, says, Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. Wherever you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. So Ruth had this commitment, and this it, it was really unwavering. She was like, Naomi, I'm going to stay by your side no matter what. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fight for you. I'm going to protect you, and I, I'm going to be with you through thick and thin. And I think this was... One of, one of the many amazing qualities about Ruth is that she was faithful. I mean, when you think about it, it would have made perfect sense for her to go back to her family, to, to start over, but she was going to be faithful to her mother-in-law. And I think looking at relationships nowadays, I think we've lost a lot of that commitment and faithfulness, not just within romantic relationships, but with, within relationships all, all around, I think we've lost that sense of commitment. People aren't loyal anymore. People, I mean, it, it takes, I'm not, I'm not saying that like for everyone, but I think that there's very few people who are really loyal that are going to stick by you through thick and thin. And, and Ruth says, wherever you go, I'll go. Wherever you die, I will die. Like that is a huge 
to me, that's like her making a declaration, like, I'm going to be with you no matter what. And so I think that's why just this story of Ruth and Boaz is so awesome because, well, it's not just not about Ruth and Boaz. It's about Ruth and Naomi and her commitment to her mother-in-law. And so Ruth decides to stay with her. So she and Naomi embark on this journey where they go through like a famine plague desert and they, they go, I don't know how many miles, but it was like a very long distance um, because they, they went on this journey because Naomi found out that God was blessing the people in Judah, and that's where Naomi was from. So she was going back to her hometown, so Ruth went with her. And so when they got there, Ruth was like, okay, I mean, they didn't have their husbands anymore, so they were like, you know, they had to basically provide for themselves, and Naomi was a little bit older, so Ruth kind of, she, she took the, that job and she was the provider. And so she got there and she went right to work. That's, I, that's just what I love about her because she, I mean, instead of like moping around and, and obviously she was still like sad, she's mourning the loss of her husband, but she was like, you know, I'm going to get up and I'm going to do some work. And so uh, Ruth 2 verse 2 says, one day Ruth the Moabite woman said to Naomi, let me go out to the harvest fields to pick up the stalks of grain left behind by anybody who is kind enough to let me do it. So that was kind of, um, that was what Ruth did. She went to the harvest fields and she picked up the stalks of grain that were left behind from the workers. And she, she wasn't really supposed to be doing that, but she just kind of like stayed behind and, and just like did her work. I mean, if, if you think about it, this was hard work. I mean, she was, it's hot and, and it's probably sweaty and stinky and she's like getting down, like pulling her dress up and she's picking these stalks of grain all day long. And um, she found herself in this field of a man named Boaz. And Boaz was, he was an older man. He was influential, and he was very wealthy, and so he owned this field, and he, he noticed her hard work. That's the first thing he noticed in her. He was, like, asking around, asking his workers, like, who's this girl that's working hard, and, and so they basically told her, told him what had happened to Ruth. I, I think that it's interesting that God led Ruth to the field, to the exact field that Boaz worked in. And I don't think that was coincidental. I think God had a plan all along. Of, of all the fields that she could have picked to work in, God led her exactly to that field that Boaz owned. And um, I think when we, when we look at that, and for those of you that might be single here, you're like, okay, like what field is my husband in or my wife in? Like, God, show me where that field is because... It, it can be a little discouraging, and, and I remember after I graduated high school and I was, like, figuring out what I wanted to do with my life, I was like, well, I could go to this school or that school, or I could, you know, stay and work, and, and like, I had this thought that, that, like, what if I picked a school somewhere, but God sent my husband to another school? Like, what if we were in two completely different places? And I just would never get a chance to meet him. And I was just like, I like had those thoughts. And so um, I think it's just praying and saying, you know, God, lead my heart and my affections to the field that you want me to be in. 
because, and some of you guys might be in the wrong field right now. Some of you guys might, might be thinking, you know, God, where is my Boaz? Where, where do you want me to be? But it will happen, you guys. It, it might not feel, be the field that you thought that it would be. I think we have, like, these expectations, and we think one thing, but it is the field that God wants you to be in. And so you might feel like you'll never get to the field, but it'll happen, guys. Um, so anyways, as Ruth was working in the field, Boaz noticed her, and he greeted her, and, and he really, I think he just, he probably thought she was cute or something, and so he, he did a lot of nice things for her, and it says that he, uh, he invited her to stay in the fields as long as she wanted and to drink freely from the water pitchers provided for his own workers. So she had a lot of favor with him. And because he noticed that she was a hard worker and that, and that she, she was faithful. And so um, in Ruth 2, verse 22, it says, So Ruth worked alongside the women in Boaz's fields and gathered grain with them until the end of the barley harvest. Then she continued working with them through the wheat harvest in early summer. And all the while, she lived with her mother-in-law. So we can't forget about Naomi in this, in this story because Naomi, she was still, I mean, they were still living together and Ruth was still providing for Naomi. And they, Ruth and Boaz had started getting to know each other and, and talking and they, they had kind of started forming this, like the beginning of this relationship and this love story. And in this, in this day and age, um, well, it was time for somebody to make a move. And so it was kind of like that awkward stage. I don't know if you guys have experienced this, but like before a relationship, like before the relationship begins, like you like this person, you know this person likes you, but nobody's going to say anything. So it's like a big elephant in the room. Like somebody just tell them that you like them. Um, but anyway, so I think that's kind of what was going on. Probably wasn't like the same as that, but it was probably similar to what was going on. And so in this in this culture, it was actually, it, because of the situation with Ruth losing her husband, it was actually Ruth is the one who was supposed to make the first move. And um, so basically what, what this was is Ruth, Naomi, was like coaching Ruth this whole time. She was like, okay, go to the threshing floor because that's where Boaz was sleeping to protect his grain. And basically what, what Ruth did is she laid at his feet. She went in the middle of the night. She laid at his feet. And th that was basically Ruth showing Boaz, like, I've picked you to be, like, my redeemer and, and my husband. And because Ruth had lost her husband and because there was nobody to carry on that family name, in this day and age, like, carrying on the family name was, it was... It's so important. I mean, that it was priority that the family name was carried on. And so in this kind of situation, what normally would happen is one of the brothers would marry, would marry the woman whose husband died. But because both brothers had died, they didn't have any children, it was, it, they had to find somebody. And, what, and this person was called a family redeemer. This is the person that was going to marry the woman, and they were going to have children to carry on the name of the woman's husband who died, the woman's first husband. Sorry if that's really confusing. But um, so anyways, 
Ruth made the first move, and she went and she laid at his feet, and it startled Boaz, I'm sure, as it would anyone. Like, it's the middle of the night, and here comes this woman and just, like, lays at his feet. But um, Boaz, Boaz gladly accepted. He was like, yes, I'll be your family redeemer. Like, I'll marry you. And, and it says that Ruth actually laid there until morning, and then when morning came, Boaz didn't want it to look like anything bad was going on, so he was like, you need to leave um, before I got light out, before anyone can see. And, and you have to understand that there was nothing immoral about this situation. It kind of seems like a little bit like, okay, it's the middle of the night, like they're alone, but there was nothing immoral about this. The Bible actually emphasizes the purity of it. And so um, Boaz gladly accepted and they got married, yay. They had a baby named Obed, and Obed would later become the father, the grandfather of King David. And as you guys know, King David was an ancestor of Jesus. So it all goes back to Jesus. Um, Ruth and Boaz, they had this child, and he was in, and they were all in the lineage of Jesus. Ruth is actually one of four, only four women mentioned in the lineage. So you know she's kind of a big deal when when they mention her but I think one of the most unusual aspects of this story is that even after their baby was born after they were married Naomi was still a huge part of their lives I think like as a former and mother former mother-in-law I've never been a mother-in-law but um I don't know if any of you guys are but you would expect that after after you know, she, she married Boaz, that she would just kind of like let them do their own thing. But Ruth and Boaz, gladly, they wanted her to be a part of this child's life. And, and actually, when their baby was born, um, the, the women of Bethlehem said to Naomi, blessed is the Lord who has not left you without a redeemer today, and may his name become famous in Israel. May he also be to you a restorer of life and a sustainer of your old age. For your daughter-in-law, who loves you and is better to you than seven sons, has given birth to him. And it says that, that Naomi actually took this baby and cared for this baby like it was her own. And I just think that, that is, that's just awesome that, that she was still a part of her life. And um, I think it was, would have been very easy for Ruth to kind of just like be sad and, and be kind of like moping around and because she just lost her husband. Um, but instead, she devoted herself to meeting the needs of her mother-in-law. How selfless is that? Um, you know, that, that meant that she had to leave her home. She left everything that she knew. She was a Moabite too. And what I forgot to mention is that Moabites, and, and I don't know this other Moabites, and I think you might have to help me out. Um, Bethlehem, where, who's from Bethlehem? Like, what is the, Israelites, thanks. Um, so these people did not get along, and Moabites were actually, like, very looked down upon. And so the fact that Ruth was a Moabite was even more, even more of, like, a scandal, I guess. And, and why, like, for what? Why did she do all this? And I, I don't think she had any motives other than just to love her mother-in-law and to protect her mother-in-law and to provide for her. And, and so you guys might be thinking this morning, okay, like that's a, that's a cute story of Ruth and Boaz, 
but there's no more Ruths and Boazes left out there. Like, where do you find a Ruth and Boaz? But, you know, maybe it's, it's you becoming the Ruth or the Boaz. Maybe it's you becoming the person that God wants you to be. And so what does a modern-day Ruth look like? I have, I have a couple of qualities of a modern-day Ruth. A modern-day Ruth remains faithful and loyal no matter what. She lets her struggles make her stronger, not bitter. She will love you selflessly. She fears the Lord. She isn't a gossip. She takes her problems to the Lord. She will seek out your best interest. She honors you, encourages you, and treasures you. She has a pure heart, and she is devoted. And what does a modern-day Boaz look like? He will honor you and respect you. He will handle your heart tenderly. His intentions will be honorable. He will provide and care for you with his actions. He looks out for the best for you. He will celebrate you and appreciate your strengths, beauty, and character. He will love you by demonstrating the character of Christ to you through his words and actions. You know, sometimes you might not see that Boaz at the end of the field. You might not see that Ruth, but just hold fast and, and keep harvesting the wisdom that God has for you in this season. And I think it's really getting to that, that it's really a moment of surrender. If, if any of you guys are walking through a season of singleness where, where you're looking for, for your Ruth or your Boaz, I just want to encourage you guys. Um, I remember... I came, it was about a year ago at this time that I really came to that moment. And I remember, I remember it so clearly because I was alone in my room and I was just praying for my future husband. And, and I was asking God what he had for my life and the purpose that he had for my life. And I remember praying and, and I remember saying, God, if you want me to be single, I, I would rather be single my whole entire life than than not and be dis in disobedience. And, and I was really giving up, like, the desire that I had to be married because I, I think you guys, you have to understand that, okay, side story. Both of my brothers were married when they were 19 and 20. And so I was 20 at, at the time. And so a lot of people were like, okay, Michaela, like, you're 20, you're, you know, you're, where's your, where's your man or whatever. And I was like, I, I kind of wanted to like silence these people because I was really okay with being single. Like I was, re I was fine with waiting until um, I was a little bit older, but, but so then I was just getting a little discouraged. And then I got to that place of surrender that it was like, God, I'm going to serve you no matter what. And, and whatever, what, whatever serving God looks like, I'm willing to do that. And and if that meant giving up my desire to be married, then it's worth it. And so I think it's getting to that place of that moment of surrender. And it was just two or three months after that, that God brought Andy into my life. Well, back into my life. And I guess the rest is history. Side note, I feel like I have a lot of side notes. But so me and Andy met here at church and meeting at guys... Church is a really good place to meet your future husband or wife, right? I mean, you both are like seeking God together, and it's just like a really awesome place to meet your future. Yep. <laughs> 
And I've known Andy my whole life. We were both raised in this church. We were both dedicated in this church. And so, yeah, it's a good place. It's a good place to meet somebody. But um, just so just getting to that place where you just say, God, you are all I need. No matter what, no matter what life throws at me, it's all about Jesus. And it's all about your relationship with God. And, and God, more than likely, God won't bring somebody into your life that, that is the person that he has for you unless you are seeking God and, and you are willing to do whatever it takes to be the person that God wants you to be and, and to not focus on, oh, who's my future, who's my future spouse going to be, but to focus on who does God want me to be? Because that's like, that is a huge becoming, the, those qualities that I just read, becoming the person that God wants you to be. And, and I think in our culture, we've gotten you know, the, the idea that becoming the person that this other person wants me to be. But no, it's becoming who God wants you to be. And, um, and so I'm going to take a couple steps back in the story because they're, um, Ruth and Boaz, they lived happily ever after, got married. But there was another family redeemer who who was a closer relative, that he was supposed to be the one to, to marry Ruth. It wasn't supposed to be Boaz. And so um, Boaz obviously really wanted to marry Ruth, but he knew that there was this other guy standing in the way. And so he, he brought, Boaz brought together all of his people, and, and they kind of had like a, a meeting where Boaz basically asked this other guy if, if he could be the family redeemer instead. And so Ruth 4 verse 3 says, Boaz said to the family redeemer, you know Naomi who came back from Moab, she is selling the land that belonged to our relative Elimelech. I thought I should speak to you about it so that you can redeem it if you wish. If you want the land, then buy it here in the presence of these witnesses. But if you don't want it, let me know right away because I am next in line to redeem it after you. Then the man replied, I'll redeem it. And then Boaz said to him, he's like, there's a catch. Of course, your purchase of the land from Naomi also requires that you marry Ruth, the Moabite widow. That way she can have children who will carry on her husband's name and keep the land in the family. He said, then I can't redeem it, the family redeemer replied, because this might endanger my own estate. You redeem the land, I cannot do it. So basically, this family redeemer was like, he was all for redeeming the land. He's like, yeah, I'll take the land. But he's like, I don't want anything to do with Ruth. And when I, when I read that part of the story, I think about how Ruth must have felt. Like hearing that, he was like, oh, I'll take the land, but I don't want anything to do with her. I mean, she'd already chosen Boaz to be her redeemer. But hearing that maybe her past was too much to deal with or or the struggles were too much to deal with, or she had too much baggage. I can't imagine how that must have made her feel. And you guys, if somebody is going to break up with you or to not even give you a chance because your past is too much to deal with, just know that God's best is worth waiting for and know that your Redeemer is coming. Just like Ruth's Redeemer, Boaz, he was coming, so is yours. And a lot of times rejection is our benefit. It's, it really saves us from the second best. And if they're the right person for you guys, they will accept all of you. 
not just like the good parts of you, but they'll accept your brokenness and they'll accept your baggage and all of your shame. And a Boaz, he will appreciate that journey that his Ruth walked through in order to get to that field, in order to get to where she, she was. And, and Boaz really, he, he was there to comfort um, Ruth. He was there to, to hold her and to protect her. And 1 Corinthians 13, 6 through 7 says, Love never gives up, never loses faith. It is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Every circumstance, no matter what you've walked through, no matter the shame that you're feeling, love endures through every circumstance. And, and I think about, when I think about these two stories and, and how Boaz redeemed Ruth, regardless of, of her past and her baggage, this is so similar to what Jesus did for us. Because regardless of our past and our hurt, he still accepts us. Regardless of what we've done, we've done, he still accepts us just as we are. It's just us being obedient and saying, God, use me. And no matter what it takes, use me. And Romans 5, 8, it's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. It says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Notice it doesn't say, when you had your life together, Christ died for you. When you went to church every Sunday, Christ died for you. When you read your Bible every day, Christ died for you. No, it says, while you were sinners, in the midst of your brokenness, that's when Christ died for you. And a lot of times we think, oh, I'll never measure up. I'll never be the person that, that God wants me to be. But just know that your obedience and your willingness is enough. And Jesus doesn't just want to, to fix what's broken, but he's going to redeem what's been lost in our lives. And, and it's, it's striking to observe in this story of Ruth how, how love overcame all obstacles. I mean, poverty, there was, there was prejudice, age disparity, physical temptations, and even those mother-in-law differences. And, and there's a good possibility that God can love us and redeem us just like that. So all over the room, I just want you to bow your heads and, and close your eyes. And you might be sitting here this morning and, and hearing the story about God's redemptive love for us. And, and maybe you haven't experienced that. Maybe you haven't felt the love of God like that. And I just, I, I want to encourage you and tell you that today is your day. So if you're sitting here and, and you've never made that decision to accept Jesus into your life and, and, to, and to become a new person in Christ, if that's you, I want you to go ahead and raise your hand. You know, God wants all of us. He doesn't just want us half-heartedly. He wants our whole hearts. Just like in any relationship, he wants all of us. And if you raise your hand, I want you to repeat this prayer after me. And all of you all across the room can repeat this prayer. We believe in it so much that we say it every single week. So repeat after me. Dear God, I humble myself before you. I am a sinner in need of a savior, in need of a redeemer. God, come into my heart, change me, make me better than I was before, and heal my heart. In Jesus' name, amen.
And if you, you guys can go ahead and, and open your eyes. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, I am so happy for you because today you made a decision to follow Jesus. And because Jesus is a redeeming God, a God who loves us and accepts us, you guys can walk in that redemptive love. And, and there's really freedom when you walk in that love. And so I want you guys to go ahead and stand on your feet and we are gonna worship God this morning. It is an honor to worship God in this place. Thank you guys. Thank you so much for listening to The Refuge Podcast. To find out more information about who we are and to listen to more inspirational messages, you can visit us online at wearerefuge.net.